Hello and welcome to the Related to Geeks podcast, the podcast about a geeky family. This is episode 11, original air date, January 7, 2016. My name's Megan, I am your host and the youngest of the siblings, and tonight with us is my brother Kier. Hello. My sister Sarah. Hi. And our dad, the hairiest of Larry's. Yoha. Yoha. So we're going to get into this podcast, we're going to start off with what's caused us to geek out lately. Then we'll go into our topic of the week and wrap things up with our picks of the week. So, starting off, Sarah, since you're a little weak in the voice and I got a little bit of a sore throat, we're going to start you off and let you get get your uh, your what's caused you to geek out uh, out first, so you can uh, rest your voice a little bit. Well, since we um, have been, I guess it's been about a month and a half since we've done a regular episode because we had the microscope and then a break for Christmas. I'm going to talk about our geeking out in this family was. Um, Christmas gifts and making homemade Christmas gifts, which is something that we do a lot, not just in my immediate family, but the but the the related to geeks family as a whole tends to make Christmas gifts um, for people. And um, I was really proud of some of the stuff that we came up with as a family, and especially my daughter and the gifts that she gave out. Um, she puts a lot of thought into her gifts, and she basically makes homemade gifts for just about every adult for the kids she'll buy gifts sometimes she did make um a gift for the youngest nephew and then she also made gifts for her girl cousins um so it was it was fun it was a hectic crazy december but it was fun well i have to say that the gift she made for me was the standout gift of christmas and that that portrait is amazing and uh, I took a picture of it and put it on Facebook and got over 200 likes. Everybody liked it. We'll need to go ahead and post that picture in the uh, show links so yeah, people can absolutely. see the picture that we're talking about. Yeah, I showed her all of the comments on where you posted it, plus the comments from where I posted it. So she got, she got lots of good praise for that. Um, it was pretty well incredible. Deserved. And for people that are listening and maybe not, you know, going to have the ability to go see a picture, even if it's linked right away, she did a latch hook um, as a portrait of of our dad, of her, her grandfather, um, for her, his Christmas present. And it was a good size. I think it was like 17 by 22 or something like that. It was a really good size. Um, she probably put 90 plus hours into it, but I think it was worth it. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, you know, growing up, I predominantly made gifts, and it's something that I've gotten out of the habit uh, as I've gotten older and tend to have less free time, but it's something that I've always wanted to get back into. So I might I might try to make 2016 the year of the homemade gift again. Well, I've mentioned this. Start early. Yeah, I've mentioned to several people that I want to make homemade gifts for next year, Christmas, but I'd have to start in February, so... There is a lot of us. (laughs) We're all inspired by Elizabeth. I did make homemade nativities for everybody. And by homemade, I mean I used my my silhouette and and, and some cut files and and made everybody kind of a unique gift. No two were the same. Um, I think um, yours, Kier, and Gretchen's were probably the most similar, but they were still pretty different. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with that. 
Um, I didn't yeah. get to do everything. I ran out of time to do everything I wanted to do. That That's what happened. I'm still working on Devin's that I was not a nativity, but his gift that I was making him. I can't mention what it is because I don't know that it will be done by the time <laughs> this goes up. <laughs> yeah, well, tell Liz I'm still waiting on my Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah, she, she ran into some problems this year and wasn't <laughs> able to get, get Megan or... or um, her grandmother's gift done um we had some we had some technical difficulties <laughs> but she did she did get you a candy bar she was she, pretty proud she of that. did and i <laughs> ate it almost instantly and i'm still working on my homemade gifts haven't mailed my christmas cards yet but as usual some cds and some photos you know yeah i personally like to receive my christmas cards in february i feel like that's the appropriate time <laughs> I sat down with uh, Wendy, and we uh, we made ornaments this year for the grandparents, or for my parents and my parents-in-laws, and uh, that's something that she's been doing for a while now, and that's something that I think we'll continue to do for a long time now. We've got them hanging yeah. on the tree. All right, uh, Kier, what's, uh, what's caused you to geek out lately in this past month and a half? Well, uh, for me, the big thing is that uh, a new gaming store has opened up, and uh, I have been there pretty close to every day that it's been open, at least to just pop in and say hi, and uh, I've already run one or two events there, and uh, already planning two or three more events there. Uh, you know, people go on and on about the best way to support your local gaming store is to, you know, buy all of your gaming stuff from there, and I'm sure that's definitely helpful. But another thing that you can do to help, if you do not have the spare cash on hand, is just volunteer to run events there. Uh, they're always looking for people to do cool things, and uh, that's what I've been doing, as well as spending my money there. <laughs> Well, and running events brings people into their store, which who buys sodas and snacks and possibly gaming stuff. So that's pretty helpful. I, I've been there a few times. Um, we don't, we've mentioned this before. I don't live quite as close as everybody else does. So um, I've been in there probably three or four times, though. And in the really half a month that it's been open, I think that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I've but. been in there zero times, so that's very good. That's not good. No, but it's good. It's good how many times you've been in there, considering you don't live oh, close. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I get you now. <laughs> I'm saying oh, I boy. live a lot closer to this place, and I still haven't made it there. So, yeah, and the, the best part about it to me is, is that I mean, one of the things that I went for was uh, the week of Christmas. Somebody's like, you know, I'm off for two weeks. Who wants to get together and play board games? And just kind of a spur of the moment with a, a day or two's notice, there were about six or seven of us that just dropped in and, and played board games. And it was nice to have that space available for that to happen, which is something yeah. that, that has been lacking in the area for a while, just a drop-in place to play games. Yeah. Uh, beforehand, we would always do it at, you know, some local restaurants and coffee shops, and that's always tricky. Uh, because there's there's a difference between uh, uh, dropping a dollar on a soda and dropping ten fifteen bucks on a meal, you know. Well, and spur of the moment too. You can't necessarily go into a restaurant with a day or two notice. You have to. That's that's absolutely true. 
The I haven't been yet, but I intend to go once I get back to school and I'm in town. The owner's really nice. I've um, I've had a couple of Facebook conversations with him just um, even before he opened, saying, you know, letting him know that that the the group that Kier and I are have started um, will do whatever we can to, to support him and. And Kier obviously is able to do more in the support area because he's there and can run events. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's it's nice to have that you know know that there's a place that's open every day of the week until at least ten o'clock at night. It makes it a lot easier to to plan things out. And he's got lots of space, lots of yep. lots of space for games, which is nice. It's definitely a bonus. Yeah, and I feel like I should drop the uh, the name of the place. It's Collison's Cards and Games. And it just opened up in Jonesboro uh, uh, about uh, December 18th. And uh, I feel a little weird mentioning it just because I feel like anyone who's uh, listening to this who's far away, it's not necessarily that important to them. And anyone who's listening to this that's close probably already knows about it. Dad, what have you been geeking out about? Well, I've been doing video editing in Blender. Um, I started uh, video editing with uh, Adobe Premiere, and then uh, when I moved to Linux and my Premiere version got old, I uh, tried a variety of uh, different Linux programs and uh, uh, stuck with OpenShop for a while, but it has some uh, stability issues, and it's uh, on its way to a version 2. But it's not there yet. There is no version 2 yet. So um, uh, my research said Blender, and I found these uh, YouTube videos done by Mikey Cal. So if you uh, type in Blender tutorials, look for the Mikey Cal ones, and they're recommended. And, uh, you know, Blender is a learning curve, and I think that's because 3D rendering is a learning curve. But video editing is just video editing, and it has a timeline, and everything's, you know, pretty straightforward if you've done video editing before. I don't think Blender's any harder to learn than any other video editing suite. So far, it's uh, really stable and, and really does a good job. Awesome. I've not used Blender. I've used other video editing software. The one I've got the most experience with is... Uh Microsoft Movie Maker, and uh, I've got enough experience with it to know that it doesn't do all of the things that I would like it to do, and I imagine Blender probably doesn't have that issue as much. No, I think Blender does about anything. Um, it's uh, it's not uh, to compare to the top-line pro stuff, but uh, uh, also a different world than uh, Microsoft Movie Maker. Yeah. I just have a very small experience with Blender, but just from what I know about it is that even though there's an interface in there that is similar to a lot of other movie editing software, it's a it's a very different beast in a lot of ways. Even though it can do a lot of video editing, it's a very different beast and has its own set of learning curves. Yeah, but if you use the Mikey Kelvis uh, uh, tutorials, they'll show you how to set up to make you make it open up like it's a video editor. Mm -hmm. And you just use it as a video editor, and you don't have to do any of that hard 3D rendering stuff at all. So, as There's, far as the video editing goes, does it have anything to do with the, the hard 3D rendering stuff at all? Or is that just a completely oh, yeah, separate because package? When you, do the, 
when you do the 3D rendering, you render a clip, and then you have to edit those clips and put on credits and all that. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's like all in one suite for 3D rendering okay. and video editing. Yeah. Anyway, I used it for the uh, uh, microscope video. So, um, I've got the uh, all of the videos edited and I'm rendering them out. There's going to be three different, maybe four, at least three different parts. Um, the first part's rendered, it's like 35 minutes long, and then the next part is a little shorter, it goes through the first um, role-playing session, and then the last part has the rest. And it's not going to be quite as long as the audio, because uh, I'm, I'm wrapping it early with the video. Yeah. So okay, Megan, Megan what's what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> there is an echo in here. Stereo. I, I was waiting for someone to ask. I went to Lexington, Kentucky with a couple of friends. We have a couple of friends up in that area, and a group of about five of us got together over New Year's, and I feel like the theme of the trip was board games and beers, which is a fantastic theme for any New Year celebration. I love that combo. Yeah, and uh, that's what we did for, for most of our free time when we were just hanging out. We played board games, and then we visited several breweries in the area, um, I have a little cheat sheet here. I know we visited West Six Brewery, um, Blue Stallion, and Ethereal. So those were the three that I remember visiting, and then several local bars and such. And uh, at West Six is where they actually had a stack of board games, so that was my favorite. So we sat around and played like Quirkle and a couple other board games and drank beer. So it was fantastic. I've had a uh, few local events at some uh, uh, restaurant slash bars where I encourage people to bring board games and, well, order a pitcher of beer or two and sit down and play board games and drink beer. And that is an excellent combo. I highly recommend it. Uh, just uh, make sure that you either drink lightly or play light games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember we, we got into playing Sequence at uh, West Six, and it was one of those situations where we kind of had to, there's a big no talking rule or no communicating in between the, t the teams, and so we kind of had to check ourselves a couple of times because we were getting to that point where we were a little more loose with the words than we should have been, and so mm -hmm. we, uh, we had to catch ourselves a couple of times. So Definitely no games where you have to like keep a secret or, you know, check yourself. Uh, because that becomes difficult as the alcohol content in your uh, blood rises. <laughs> the the last time I did beer and board games, we were playing Splendor, and actually, uh, Sarah, you were there, and uh, that was the time that uh, I actually won like three rounds before I announced that I had won, and I just didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, hey, this guy should come and visit me. Oh, oh, I guess that's the end. <laughs> I won with like 20 points. <laughs> However, the the best part about beers and board games is really everybody wins. So, yeah. that's that's the best part of it. I would say with beer or board games. But when you combine the two, it's like super, super win. Super win. <laughs> I don't. I don't combine the two very often. You would think. 
that I would, but I don't very often. I got a beer for my Maybe. birthday. Uh, wing nut. Sarah will have to. Sarah gave it to me, so she'll have to fill me in on the. She's mentioned it on a previous podcast, I believe. Yeah, and, and yeah, the, the, yeah, Urban Chestnut, and that was the the way that we even found out about that brewery is because we went to a board game event there that the local yeah. meetup group in St. Louis was we're, doing. We're not so. quite quite good. I really yeah. like it, and I'm I'm glad that we can we can buy it locally. It's it's my current favorite beer, and uh, I'll tell you what I want to amend our our fancy cheese and beer party to be a fancy cheese beer and board game party now i feel like anytime we have a party board games are just a given yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we do rpg as a family too so rpg i don't think that's really a verb but (laughs) it is now (laughs) we rpg RPG all the time (laughs) <laughs> All right, that's everybody, right? We've gone around the around yep. the room, the table, the, yeah. the Skype call. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with our topic of the week. You're listening to the Related to Geeks podcast, the podcast about a geeky family. For more episodes, visit our website at relatedtogeeks.com and watch us playing Microscope on our YouTube channel. Alright everybody, welcome back. Our topic of the week is 2015 in review because if you hadn't noticed, it's actually 2016 now, which baffled me. But anyway, we're just going to talk a little bit about the the things that we either really enjoyed in 2015 or the things that we were excited about in 2015 or just things that we thought were cool that came out in 2015 that we maybe n- haven't gotten to yet but are still excited about. So. We're just going to open it up to conversation, and anybody jump in. My, my kickoff, uh, my my top pick for 2015, as far as things that I have really enjoyed this year, uh, is probably going to be uh, not one, but two different board games. Uh, one is Mysterium, and the, the other is Codenames. And Sarah introduced both of these to me, and they have since become my top two favorite board games and i believe both have been mentioned on the podcast before <laughs> yeah code names <laughs> probably more than once <laughs> code names was on my list um i wasn't really thinking of mysterium when i was looking at board games that were released in 2015 code names jumped out at me but that one didn't for some reason i have played it but it was only once so maybe i need to revisit it and play it a couple more times i did enjoy what i played of it but code names was also on my list for sure and my third one that I'm really excited about that I have not had a chance to play, but we'll be playing this Friday for the first time, is Pandemic Legacy. Did you see that that's number one on Board Game Geek now? Uh, I have heard that it was number one for 2015. No, it is number, it number one. one period. <laughs> it was number really? two last week, and it just overtook Twilight Struggle. So Wow. Take that, Twilight yeah. Struggle. <laughs> no, I don't. You well, know, I'm even I mean, more excited no. now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, it, it may not last, but it may. But yeah, it was kind of the big news of of this this past couple of days is that it overtook Twilight Struggle. It climbed fast because it's only been out since Essen, which was October. 
so it's brand new. Well, my favorite new game in 2015, and I don't know whether it came out in 2015, but I learned to play it in 2015, is Microscope. <laughs> I thought that was really great. Yeah, it did not I come out in 2015, but it is. It, I, I learned about, about it in 2015. Came out in 2015 as far as you're concerned. That's right. <laughs> but I never heard about it before it didn't exist. <laughs> So, um, steering away from board games and going into the, to the video game realm, there's two games that I want to mention. Neither one I've played because they're on formats that I don't have access to. But I've either watched enough of them through Let's Players or gotten enough recommendations from people I really trust to feel comfortable recommending both of them. But that is Until Dawn for PS4 and Undertale for Windows, and it's also on Mac. But unfortunately, I just run Linux, which in most cases is fantastic, but occasionally when you're a gamer, it's, it's kind of sad. Um, but Until Dawn is a kind of a B-horror movie cliche uh, love letter where you have different choices throughout the game and they're supposed to make drastic differences about who lives and dies throughout the game. But mostly it's just a beautifully executed love letter to, like I said, those B-horror movies which I grew up on and I really, really enjoyed. But Undertale is another game that's just, from what I understand, and I've tried to avoid too many spoilers on it, it's just a really fantastically crafted RPG in a retro style, but it's got a lot of quirks to it. I bet it's something that Liz would adore. If you can get it for Liz, Sarah, I bet it's one that she would absolutely adore. She might just want to watch a little bit of video on it and see what she thinks. But if she can get that on Windows, she would love it. Is it on Steam, do you know? I think so. It should be. Okay. Okay. We'll have to look. What was the first one called again? Until Dawn. I talked to you about it before, Kier. Okay. It was the one that I recommended uh, you do a... You can you can pretty much get the experience just watching Let's Plays, which is what I kind of did because I have no intentions of buying a PS4. Um, but uh, the Scary Game Squad, which I I think I've brought up before yep. in a uh, yep. podcast, yep. played through it, and it's it's a fantastic playthrough. So I recommend that one. Well, your description threw me off because you, you mentioned it was uh, a love letter and my head immediately went to like a, a micro bluffing and deduction game <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like I thought she was talking about a video game I'm confused <laughs> it's also an expression cure <laughs> turns I out. know turns out <laughs> so I don't know if it's going to come up in your best of or worst of or even anywhere in the radar here, but how was the new Star Wars? Because I think you went and saw that, didn't you? I did. Huh? I did. And uh, I am actually uh, trying to still uh, avoid giving out any spoilers to the best of my ability. Uh, so uh, I'm not even going to say what I thought of it. I think that you should go and just experience it. You're not even going to give us a yay or an A? I think you should just go and experience it and uh, uh, decide for yourself. And that is what I will tell you and uh, anyone who asks me. That was the way they did it at Huckleberry Finn. 
I think it's a trap. The, the audience the first night refused to tell everybody how terrible the show was, so they all went the second night. And, you know, the audience the second night. Then everybody in town had seen it, and they all hated it, so they all went the third night, and all the actors absconded before the curtain. <laughs> That's a story from Huckleberry Finn. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> now, a movie that I will bring up that came out in 2015, which I absolutely adore and would highly recommend anyone go see, is Mad Max Fury Road. Really? Mad yes. Max. I will. And I, I will see. say, I will give. I will give this much away. I have seen uh, Ant Man, Age of Ultron. Uh, the new Star Wars movie, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, was easily my favorite of all that I've seen this year. Here's here's the problem with me doing a year in review type episode is that I tend to be about five years behind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, all the, right. so the only one that I watched this year was Age of Ultron, which I was not a huge fan of. But I will say on my list of to watch is definitely Ant-Man. The Martian, I really want to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Jurassic World and Inside Out. I want to read the book, The Martian. Yeah, I want to read the book and then I want to watch the movie. But I've heard that the movie is really a good adaptation. Yeah. Well, I'm always uh, 10 or 20 years behind, but this year I'm up to date on one TV show, which I enjoyed, called Dark Matter. And I recommend watching it. It's only got one season, 13. And I'll give a spoiler to this much. It ends on a cliffhanger, so you're waiting for the next season. So, I'm not a big fan of season-ending cliffhangers. I'd rather have season-ending tie-me-ups, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but this one is a season-ending cliffhanger. So, after you watch the first season, you'll be waiting on the next season. But it's uh, uh, a really good premise for... A bunch of people wake up out of stasis, kind of frozen, cytogenic kind of thing, and have no memories um, other than their skill sets. They have no personal memories. And they're called bad. They're badasses. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called so, Dark Matter. Yeah. Dark Matter, yeah. It's on. Yeah, I've not even heard of it. It's on Netflix. It's a spaceship. spaceship I've, watched, I've watched just the first two episodes still. Um which it's funny because I came and visited mom and dad as they were finishing up the third episode. And I was just like, nope, nope, I got to not watch this. So I went into the other room and did other yeah. stuff. But um, I, I enjoyed the, the premiere of it for sure. So I, I would like to watch more of it. And based on dad's recommendation, it's definitely worth it. It uh, pulls no punches, you know. It definitely, you know, carries you to the extremes. My favorite TV show that was introduced in 2015 was actually one that Kira recommended to me, and um, they've just started up again, so I'm excitedly watching the new episodes, and that is Gallivant. It is so much fun. Yep. Uh, Rosemary and I just finished watching the first couple of episodes right before the podcast, and <laughs> That's I, what we were doing I laughed on top. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Hulu right now, and everyone should watch it. And spoiler alert, it's my pick of the week. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we will, we will we will hold off talking about that then too much more. But I did want to mention it because we have thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Yeah. Now, uh, probably my favorite TV show that I have seen 2015, because I think Gallivant's technically 2016. <laughs> so I suppose maybe it was 2015 as well. Uh, but uh, my uh, my favorite TV show that I've watched has been uh, another Netflix original series, Jessica Jones. And uh, all I can say about that one is that uh, uh, you will want to binge watch, but you will be unable to do so. Yeah. We had talked about the idea of uh, palate cleansers after certain shows. You need a major one after that one. I mean, you need a major yep. one after, like, every episode. That's that's the ideal way to do it. Watch an episode of that, and then watch some YouTube cat videos, and then watch another episode a little while later, and you'll be good. That's the recommended way of watching that show. I want to take a little turn here, because everybody's best of stuff and favorite stuff and all that from the year is always consumption, you know? And... Um, I'm not nearly, I don't spend nearly as much time consuming as I do producing. So I want to uh, throw out a few personal best ofs here. Uh, my best new project for 2015 has been the Related to Geeks podcast. I think it's just been a dynamite thing to be doing. And uh, my best overall experience for 2015 has been the Wednesday Night Ignite Services where we have music and prayer and uh, joy and tears and all all that makes religion great. And then, since I'm a music geek, I have three favorite music projects I've worked on this year. Um, one is the uh, Bebop Beatniks, which is a jazz, a jazz piano, and uh, uh, Paul Nunes has been playing bass with me, and I've really been enjoying that. And then I finished uh, NJHB, CD that we first recorded the live parts of two and a half years ago and I finally got the musicians willing to come in and overdub the bass and horn and so my Stinger CD is part of my Christmas card NJHB New Jazz House Band um, a two and a half year project in the making completed and then I also want to mention how much how proud I was of my even dozen composition that got uh, read at the composition seminar at ASU and uh, taking my, me in a new direction with my jazz. So um, uh, that's my real favorites, uh, 2015. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the production projects I've been involved in and uh, uh, it's just been uh, a great year for me. Uh, because of that more than because of uh, any book I've read or any TV show I've seen. Yeah, and like I said, being being several years years behind, I, I found like it's more important to, to live in the moment than it is to consume whatever's hot at that moment. Um, but also, and I was thinking about this earlier as I was trying to figure out what in 2015 stood out to me as as being quality stuff or being stuff that I I enjoyed. I also realized that more and more we have such an oversaturation that it almost seems not necessarily harder to keep up with what's coming out today, but it's that there's so much 
that you missed from the previous years that you're still trying to catch up with that I personally am always looking at decades upon decades of content and some days I'll be like I just want to listen to 80s music all day and other days I'll be like I want to go and you know look at watch these old sci-fi shows that came out in the late 90s and it's all at your fingertips now so it's not as important to me to keep up with the current stuff because there's just such a fabulous library that I have access to of all of the best over the years and so the idea of the best of 2015 doesn't really apply to me the same way that I felt like it would have in the past if that makes sense yeah we've got the whole long tail to pick from it used to be you had to go to the theater to see a movie you know and you got to see the ones that they had at the theater which was this year's stuff um, but now you got the whole long tail everything that's mm -hmm. ever been done you can pick and choose whatever you want I was thinking that was especially true for radio because radio played you know the hits yeah, of today yeah yeah and then um now we have itunes and all of these fabulous indie performers releasing their stuff on the internet and it's just so hard to narrow it down to a 40 anymore you know was it the uh best-selling artists on itunes this year the beatles i don't know i would have figured it would have been adele but i may be wrong this was kind of Adele's year think, in a lot of ways. Well, the big Beatles news is they're now streaming. Yeah, that's that's why. Well, if that's true, it would totally make sense. Yeah. 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 I think it was a Christmas present. I think they started streaming on December 24th or something like that. Yeah. And they're, they're, I actually just checked. I don't think they're uh, anywhere near number one for 2015. I think Adele is. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah that was uh to, to, to kind of illustrate my point they they were in the uh top 100 if not yeah. higher than that best-selling albums for 2015 so the, and uh, uh abbey road and that's that's nowhere near 2015 yeah van morrison astro weeks um, wasn't a big seller the year it came out, and it was a cult thing, and it, then it started selling more and more every year. And every year it sells more than it did the year before. So, I mean, overall, it's a pretty big seller, and it's uh, always in everybody's top ten rock album list, Astro Weeks. But uh, um, it just never stopped selling. And, of course, same thing's true with uh, Miles Davis albums. Uh, Miles Davis is probably still the top-selling jazz artist. Well, I'll say two artists that I have discovered in the year 2015 that have actually been in that kind of top 40 mindset, but also just have a, a fabulous library of music beyond that. And I'm kind of one of those people that will listen to a song on the radio that I, you know, kind of like, and then I'll go and listen to the artist's entire library and decide after that what I think of them. But um, the two that stood out to me this year is L. King and The Weeknd. Um, I've really enjoyed going back and listening to a lot of their works outside of just the ones that made it onto the radio. I think they're both fantastic artists. I think I may have heard. I just I may have heard of The Weeknd. That sounds vaguely familiar. The other L. King, I don't have a clue. Um, L. So. King's most fi famous song is the X's and O's song. 
or at least the one that gets the most airtime. And then uh, the weekend is that uh, I can't feel my face when I'm with you, but I love it. But I love it is probably one of his most famous, <laughs> uh, which people still don't uh, understand I'm that old. that's that's a song about a uh, cocaine. So people actually think that's a love song, which is fantastic. That's my favorite part about that song. Is people think it's a love song. It's a song about cocaine. <laughs> well. Um, yeah. Interesting thing, interesting bit of trivia about L. King. She is Rob Snyder's daughter. Huh. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> but she's fantastic. She's She's got a, a nice uh, style that's like country and rock and blues all at once and she's got a lot of uh, I don't give a damn kind of attitude which I love so I enjoy her I'll have to listen for something blue one of my favorite things for 2015 and it's definitely a 2015 thing was starting NEA Gamers Guild with Kier I had to throw yep, that in exactly. because it's been <laughs> is, that, is that where we're cutting each other off for the same thing yep Yep, I exactly. Awesome. I just went to the uh, Facebook page and I scrolled all the way down to the bottom. And I was going to say that my favorite thing was February 1st, 2015. Sarah Heil Brown created the group NEA Gamers Guild. And uh, what's crazy about it was the group started literally with me and Sarah. And I'm looking at the bottom now, and it says Sarah Heil Brown and 190 other people are in this group. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting really close to 200. I added two or three people today. So, mm -hmm. that's kind of crazy. Um, and I think the game store opening has helped grow a little bit, because there's definitely a whole other group of gamers in town that we hadn't crossed paths with. So, now that that's happening, we've yeah, had a little bit of Yeah, but I, I know them. I know them because they're all in the music department. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we um, it's been it's been a pretty amazing year, and we've had regular events throughout the year, and it's been really amazing just to watch it grow over the months. Yep. Yeah, and really good events too. Very enjoyable. Yeah, and uh, a great big range. Like everything from miniatures to card games to board games to RPGs, and I don't think that we try to prioritize any form of gaming over any other. And uh, it's probably been one of the the things that I am most proud of of being a part of. And I hope it goes on for many, many years to come. Yeah, I do too. It's been. I, I'm just, I'm still a little bit in awe that people just latched on so quickly. And we're really happy to have this place to gather and, I mean, being the Facebook page, really, to gather and just talk games. I mean, even when there's not really events going on, there's always, I, I would say, you know, multiple posts a day about gaming in some, some form or another, which is pretty awesome. I think it's just a... It's a neat exploration of geek culture and what surrounds that and how people love it so much and, and get excited when they find other people who, who are interested in the things they are. And obviously it ex 
it extends beyond board games or anything like that. But I think that's just kind of the age we're living in, you know, that over uh, consumption and stuff like that. But it all trickles back to that idea of wanting to spend time with friends and sharing these cool things that you've you've found or discovered or I think it's it's really neat the idea that you can bring these people together and the board games act as a catalyst for just hanging out and spending time together in a in a social way that doesn't happen as much anymore because even through online gaming and and video games that way I, I feel like you still don't get the same experience you get with board games so I think that uh, 2015 was a fantastic year for board games for me because I felt like I played way more board games this year and, and had a lot more social experiences through that and met a lot of new people because of the Gamers Guild and, and other circumstances. And I, I want to thank both of you for, for organizing that group because it was definitely a, uh, a good experience for me to have. I was getting a little bit of a rut where I was just sitting around and not doing much, so... Well, the, the, one of the reasons that we started it is because gaming, really, truly, over the past couple of years, has been my main form of social life. Uh-huh. And when our when our store closed down that we were used to going to, it was like, I have got to have some sort of outlet that I can regularly play games. And that was really, I mean, it is, it's the social aspect that, that I think brought both Kier and myself into to creating this. Um, because he did have regular people that he played games with and yeah. was able to do it. Well, there's the, there's the stereotype that geeks and nerds get that we're all just kind of isolated and don't want to interact with each other. But really, the opposite of that is true. We, uh, we mm-hmm. have huge conventions where thousands of people gather because we're so excited about this stuff and we want to get together and, and have fun with it. So. And another favorite of mine for 2015 was getting to go to Geekway again, speaking of conventions. Mm-hmm. And played. I think we played 36 games over the weekend, something like that. Um, <laughs> and and met some really cool new people. And and more so, I think this year because we were there for longer and and when it wasn't quite as crowded than last year. Last year we went and we only went for Saturday, Sunday. This year we went for all four days. Or by this year, I mean 2015. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. It, it's an experience that I, I'm. I'm looking forward to this year again, and and yeah, I mean, just you know, there's there were 1,400 people there, all there because they enjoyed playing board games and wanted to be around other people who enjoy playing board games. So if you didn't get to it in 2015, I think 2016 is your year to join a board game group. Go to your local game store, meet some other gamers, just do all of that because I think that's something we all support and and really want you to do. All right. Unless you hate board games. And unless you hate board games. Then just play your video <laughs> games or read your books or I don't know. You have to do something nerdy to be listening to this podcast. So, you know, produce your music. <laughs> Go do something. <laughs> music production social as well. So that's good. Go and, go and start a band. And then break up and then, you know, <laughs> reunite and all that stuff. I feel like this is... This is uh, this analogy is getting stretched pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> ah, anyway, so that was 2015, wasn't it? Some of it. Some of it. <laughs> I mean, none of the important stuff like you know news or you know the state of our world uh, or anything like that. But I would, yeah, I don't want to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
only the important stuff. <laughs> it's only the important stuff. All right. Well, uh, it was a good year. It was a great year for Dad, according to him. And uh, I think it was a great year for all of us. We, we started some fun new projects. We got to enjoy some, some awesome geek stuff that came out. And uh, we're looking forward to an awesome 2016 as well. So we're going to take a quick break and come back with our picks of the week. Thanks for enjoying the Related to Geeks podcast. Download the podcast MP3s at our website, relatedtogeeks.com. You can also listen on our YouTube channel and our Tumblr. We link to everything we talk about in our show notes. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for our picks of the week. And since Cures has already been revealed, he's going to start us off with his pick of the week. So my pick of the week is definitely Gallivant. Uh, it is a musical uh, comedy series on ABC, and uh, they just started their second season. Uh, I don't know when it comes on because I watched it on Hulu. Uh, but, uh, nah, I love this show. It's hilarious. Everything about it is fantastic. It's uh, well-written, well-acted. Uh, it's funny. The... Uh, singers are excellent uh and uh the thing that i think that i like the most about it though is that uh i've watched just tons and tons of uh comedies over the years and this is one of those few where i genuinely have just multiple good hearty laughs every single episode and uh, I think that's really rare in comedies. Yeah, well, the nature of, of comedy is it's the same jokes you've already heard a thousand times, and it's hard to get a good laugh out of those. So I don't know if it's necessarily new jokes or just the same jokes told really well, because that's also a possibility. I haven't seen it yet, but it's definitely on my two watch I, list. I feel, like, I feel like a good portion of it is just the same jokes told really well. Yeah, and that's also the key. Just timing more I can, than anything. I can tell the same joke over and over and get a good laugh every time. From yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Um, uh, and I think what's fun for me with Galavan, one of the things, uh, we watched Psych when it was on. Ooh, I love that and show. <laughs> Detective Lassiter. Oh, <laughs> plays yes. Richard. <laughs> And it is so fun to watch him in that role. <laughs> it's just, it's just amazing. I just now made that connection. <laughs> <laughs> You're always watching that, like, man, that guy kind of looks familiar. <laughs> I know this show just got ten times better. <laughs> oh, it's it's pretty awesome. Oh man. Well, yeah, I have to watch it. I have to watch it like yesterday last as soon as it started airing i had to watch it but i didn't get to it <laughs> it's definitely worth watching i we enjoy it all three of us sit down and, and watch it together and enjoy it i'm in sleep all right sarah what is your pick of the week my pick of the week is the pop sugar 2016 reading challenge and the reason that's my pick of the week is because i think i read two books last year 
I just, I used to be a huge reader, and I just haven't been reading as much, and I really want to try to make an effort to read more this year. And I really like this list, because it's not a list of books, it's a list of types of books. So it's not like, you know, read this book, read this book, it's 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 all kinds of different things. Like some of the things that, that I'm seeing, I've got the list in front of me, is a book set in Europe, um, a book that's becoming a movie this year. A science fiction novel um, so it's not even all genre because you know one's a book recommended by a family member which I'm going to take care of with um, Ready Player One because Ready Player One. <laughs> that to me and gave it to me for Christmas so um, <laughs> so that one that one I've already got picked out one of them is a um, I think one of them was a book by a celebrity um, and right now I'm reading um, Amy Poehler's book um, which I couldn't tell you the name of it right now which is Yes, please. That's the name of it. So, so I've started on it, and I think it's about 40 books. It's not like a book a week, but it's quite a few. And I don't know that I'll make it through the whole list, but I'm going to, to do my best. And I just like that it's different types of books and not all genre-based, not all title-based, but just yeah. a random assortment that I get to choose what book mm-hmm. I want to read that fits so. that. So, is there any type of uh, history or reason behind the name of the list? Uh, it's from our website called Pop Sugar. I know nothing oh. about the website. It was recommended to me on a forum, and I went and checked it out. I don't think that, I mean, I, I don't even know that I looked to see what kind of website it was. So, this is not a recommendation <laughs> yeah. from the website. It might be awesome. I have no idea. I know a little but bit about is. the website. It's It's kind of... It's another website that's uh, that's really focused on almost consumerism in that way that that's, it's a big uh, they do things like subscription boxes and do a lot of stuff like that through the site. They do a lot of different things as far as I know, but I think it's kind of a all-in-one mass empire type of website that does just a ton of crap. But I know I've heard it in relation to like subscription boxes where people are like, "I got my Pop Sugar subscription box," but that's for like scarves and and home goods type stuff. And that's not that's not anything I'm interested in. But <laughs> if you're interested in it, check. Um, it's it was a, a book written by a comedian, not a celebrity. No. Oh. So I had to oh. change that because I just found it. But oh, and there is a book written by a celebrity. I wonder if I could just count that one twice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, comedians are technically celebrities. One of the things that I like is that one of them is a book you haven't read since high school. So I, I kind of like that going back and rereading something that maybe I read a few years ago uh-huh. <laughs> and visiting that well in my efforts to read more in 2016 I've started a book club but we're just sticking to one book a month because we, we we know our limits I do think like the idea of doing a book a week is is a really interesting challenge doing the 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 52 challenge I have looked into that but I don't think I could handle it yeah, there was a time I would have been able to easily, but now is not that time. What's what's going to be your uh, first book for your book club? Uh, the Book Thief. I was reading it right before the podcast. So are these still books? Hmm. No. Still books. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a it's a little girl. It's in um it's set in uh uh Nazi Germany, and it's a it's a little girl that is fascinated by reading and. Stills books, and it's actually told from the perspective of the Grim Reaper. So that's an interesting thing about that book. Just FYI. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, it's on it's on Lizzie's reading list for for this year. Um, she she actually found it at a yard sale, and she's like, "I've been wanting to read that book." And I was like, "Well, you should have told me. We could have got it from the library." <laughs> they have like so, twelve copies of it. <laughs> so yeah, not at our library, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> well, they definitely have it at the yeah. library here. <laughs> Yeah, so so yeah, Lizzie Liz is gonna be reading it probably sometime this semester. Um it's a, it's an interesting read. I read it a few years ago. Which means I've forgotten everything about oh, it. Oh yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Daddy. Mr. Well, Harry Larry himself. My books of the week are both Japanese and the first is a novel. Um Colorless Tsukuri Tazaki and his years of pilgrimage by Haruki Murakami and I just finished it today and it's not a fantasy it's not a science fiction it's just a novel contemporary fiction and uh, I found it really fascinating really uh, interestingly written and uh, really uh, and uh, a nice long span you know instead of it being two years out of someone's life it's uh, 20 years out Love. And uh, so that's uh, colorless. Tsukuru Taki. Yeah, you. Haruki Murakami. Yeah, you had a little bit of you're, robot you're. going on during that. But what I took from that is that it's a contemporary Japanese novel, and I think that's a brilliant way to explore other cultures is to just read contemporary novels written by people from other parts of the world because I think that's probably the most yeah. interesting way to explore other cultures and this guy's uh, got to be a kind of a famous writer and he's had his novels uh, translated into 50 different languages so um, very interesting and I got it on overdrive so I didn't have to I checked it out from the library as an ebook and read it on my Kindle and then my other Japanese pick of the week is a Netflix series anime series called Nana and it's about two girls, and they're both 20 years old, and they're both named Nana, and they are both moving to Tokyo. So um, they're quite different. One of them is a uh, quite flighty, boy crazy girl, and the other is a punk rocker. Um, but they complement each other well and get along, and it's a very interesting series. It's uh, adolescent, you know, kind of teeny, but. Uh, not as adolescent as the last anime I watched, which was, uh, here, help me out here, I'm forgetting it. Um, uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins, yeah. yeah. Right, well, that's about so, as adolescent as it gets. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Pokemon for young teenagers or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but uh, not as uh, good storytelling. So I feel like, I feel like the best way for that series to end would be for them to meet another girl named Nana, and then all three of them travel to Gotham, and so you'd have Nana, 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 Batman. <laughs> yes, that would be good. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but nonetheless. I would be super <laughs> excited, though, if that was the end of that series. I'd be like, yes, called it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, back to what Megan said about uh, consuming other cultures you have to be kind of careful when you do that uh, because uh, you know 
you can uh there was a video a while back that i watched that was a japanese video and uh the entire time i was just watching this thinking man this is the weirdest thing i have ever seen and it comes to turn out it was a uh comedy group who was parodying life in america and i was like oh yeah i guess that makes sense <laughs> yeah if you, wanna, if you wanna watch some really weird stuff try some japanese game shows well the best is yeah, when you watch uh, <laughs> the best is when you watch like japanese uh people's reactions to like american things because that's they think we're way weird <laughs> So it's just it's just <laughs> different cultures, but I mean, they watch some of our stuff and they're like, "What? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense." That's what's really great about Japanese and American culture is that Japanese have wholesale um, absconded with American popular music, mm-hmm. and there are Japanese country music singers that sound just like Hank Williams. And there are Japanese blues singers that sound like B.B. King. I mean, it's just this amazing thing that happens. But uh, I have discovered that, although, you know, I'm a music major, I'm into jazz, and pop music doesn't have the appeal for me that it used to. But man, that Japanese pop music, it's great. It's just amazing. <laughs> and it's... It's stolen from American pop, you know, mm-hmm. but they just got, they do, they put a little sheen on it and they have a little more complexity to it or something. I don't know what it is. It's just great. Have you experienced much K pop, Dad? I think, yeah, I've seen some of that. I think you need I'm more K pop in your life. <laughs> the K pop is it's a little bit too boyish, you know. I mean, I, it's not all boys, but <laughs> it's just. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so straight 90s pop for us and it's so interesting because it's it's 90s pop but with the budget and and technology of today it's like what they would have done back in the 90s had they had the resources we have today and it's insane yeah the k-pop i mean those kids they're i mean the disney kids had it bad. those kids they're like groomed for that from oh yeah six. yeah it's, it's it's bizarre if you look yeah. into like the basically the whole music empire over in Korea, it's, it's crazy. And you have a short window of time that you can be a performer, and after that, you're out, you're done. So. Yeah, but uh, some, of those, some of those performers are going to prove wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them will take off and have their own voice when they grow up. Okay, again. <laughs> What's your pick of the week? <laughs> um, I'm going to also do two... And they have nothing to do with each other. The first is a uh, gaming app called Threes, which I believe came out before uh, 2048, but is actually what I consider a far superior version, or at least a more complex version. I feel like 2048, which is that one where you just slide the tiles and add up numbers to try to get to 2048, um, is a much easier game to master than Threes. I think Threes is really a... uh, an intricate version of 2048, which still cracks me up that it, as far as I know, came out before it. But it's it's really good, and I recommend it if you like the much more popular 2048. Um, and then my other pick and, of the week... And it's a, it's a math puzzle game? Yeah. It's just you have a set of tiles, and you slide them, and you have to add same numbers. And so in 
2048, you would have twos that would add up to fours that would add up to eights, and you just keep building and building until you got to 2048, and that's how mm -hmm. you would win the game. Whereas threes, you have ones and twos, which you have to add up to three, and then you build up from there. So then you can add threes, and then you can add sixes, and you keep building from that. So is it like a phone app? Yeah. Okay. I'm not familiar with either of them, so I wasn't sure. Um, I, th I think threes is the superior game. And I remember, like, when 2048 came out and started getting popular, people were like, well, it's threes. Why aren't we just playing threes? But uh, I haven't tried it until very recently. I think I got it at a, on a Humble Bundle a while back. It is a paid app, but I think it's only like 99 cents, and there might be ways to get it free now because a lot of times those games will start either having ad integration and releasing them for free or just giving them out for free because they figure they've made all the money they're going to make out of it and just want to use it to promote newer games that they're making. Um, but I got it through a Humble Bundle. But it is a good one. I recommend it. And then my other pick of the week, which is funny because I really don't care for the movie much, and I've, I've mentioned this to uh, Sarah for sure. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this to anybody else. But Legally Blonde, the musical. Oh, my goodness. It's a Broadway I musical. It is fantastic. I love, yeah, I love I love Legally Blonde, the musical. I love. I like the movie, too, but the musical is so good. It's It just destroys the movie. I mean, the movie, mm -hmm. you're kind of like, eh, you know, it's kind of cute. The musical is stellar. Um, just a fantastic cast and, and great production. And it's it's still going in a lot of different forms now, but uh, you can watch it on YouTube with most of the original Broadway cast. I think they had a couple of side characters recast before they got to the, the production they did for MTV, I believe, is what it, they did it for. Um... But it is fantastic, and I recommend you go watch it because it is, it, it, it takes the movie and it actually like fixes all of the movie's problems and gets rid of all the crap, um, which is so rare. It's so rare to take something and just realize what's wrong with it and ignore that part, and then add add the things that it needs to make it a really well developed story um, and an enjoyable experience all the same. And it is a laugh riot oh, beginning yeah. to end. Oh, yeah. Well, and I realized, I think the moment I realized just how good it was, was I started playing it when our nephews Conley and Coulter were over at my house. And they wanted to play board games and video games and all that. And I said I wasn't hooking up the video games, but they could play a board game if they wanted to. And I started playing that while I was doing some chores around the house. And Conley got slowly... He's, he's 12 now. He got slowly more and more invested to the point where when his mother came to pick him up and there was about 15 minutes left, he was like, no, I have to watch this. I have to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> and he has YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's almost over, Mom. Let me watch it. <laughs> oh, but it's good. I recommend it. I recommend all of my picks of the week. I think that's the that's the you point. Kind of it. Like it, it must be good. Yeah. Oh, another pick of the the week. Just to add one is, and I know that this isn't possible, but um, <laughs> if you do know Conley <laughs> and you get a chance to watch a movie with him, do it. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so invested and so excited it's it's pretty fun to watch i knew he was i knew he was into legally blonde when he he uh he got so emotionally invested in l that when she had her really embarrassing scene in the broadway production where she showed up to the party in the uh, bunny costume he just walked out of the room like he couldn't bear to be in the room because he was so embarrassed for her <laughs> that's the kind of viewer well, he I is. Only, when Conley watches movies over here I have to make him sit down because he'll jump up and down and shake everything in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had the absolute joy of taking him to go see the original Avengers movie. And I mean, he was sitting there in the seat throwing punches. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, ah, it's pretty awesome. Oh. Well, I don't, don't ever change. Yeah, I can't. Th- I can't think of a better note to end on. Gosh, go watch a movie with Conley. It's probably impossible for most of the people listening, but find find the Conley in your life and go watch a movie with them. Just someone or, who's insane. Or watch Conley's review of Hatchet on RelatedToGeeks.com. Yeah, <laughs> his debut. All right, so I think that wraps us up. Uh, we uh. Had an awesome 2015, looking forward to 2016 and a whole nother year of geeking out and going forward with the podcast and Gamers Guild and all of our productions and enjoying other things as well. And we are just thankful for all of you who are listening and we're really excited about this upcoming year. And on that note, we are going to say bye. Bye bye bye. I like that your pick of the week was watch a movie with Conley. <laughs> Even though you can't. <laughs> Just sneak into his house and start playing the movie. It'll be fine. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but it's pretty funny. <laughs> we can do that. Oh, Kira, I'm so uh, glad you... Science, science theater, whatever that is. Science yeah. 2000 theater, whatever we could shut loose and then have Conley. In front of the screen. Well, I mean, there was also when we watched we watched The Hobbit. I think it was The Hobbit with him at Kier's house. And uh-huh. I really think that if if he had wings, he would have flown. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was just flapping away. <laughs> it was so funny. Kier, I'm so glad that you've seen Legally Blonde the musical because I was pretty sure when I was going to mention it that it was either going to just go on deaf ears or it was going to be one of those things that any male listeners would just be like, ah, meh. <laughs> Well, I feel like I want to watch it now. Oh, it's really good, Dad. You should watch it. And it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube.